No experience of the Greek table is complete without a visit to Crete. Here on Greece's largest island, researchers first identified the healthful way of eating now known as the Mediterranean diet. In the years following World War II, a medical team from the Rockefeller Foundation was surprised to find that Cretans were far healthier than Americans. A close look at the Cretan diet revealed a regime that included little meat and no milk or sugar, but plenty of grains and pulses, greens and nuts, olive oil and honey, and a moderate amount of wine and raki. Unwittingly, the researchers had stumbled upon the outlines of the now famous Mediterranean diet. Cretan cooking draws on the enormous resources of this fertile island. Crete produces more olive oil than any other Greek region. Its mountains boast more edible plants than anywhere else in Europe. It has an ancient cheese-making tradition, while its gentle climate nurtures a wide range of fruits and vegetables. Underpinning the Cretan approach to food is an insistence on absolute freshness and simplicity. In this brief look at the Cretan way of cooking and eating, you'll be struck by the ubiquitous presence of leafy greens and other vegetables, the lavish use of olive oil, the reliance on fresh and dried herbs, and perhaps most important to the Cretan longevity, the open-hearted generosity and hospitality that accompanies meals here. For an overview of Cretan ingredients, we take a tour of the Saturday Farmer's Market in Hanya with restaurant owner Babi Mastoridis. Here we see products from local farms, but also fruits and vegetables from other parts of the island and from as far away as Macedonia. The market is also well supplied with wild greens, including ascolibri, a kind of thistle whose roots and tips are highly prized, and bitter stamnagathi, not too different from our arugula, which is eaten both raw and cooked. At the next stand, we see the plump yellow quinces called kidonia, foot-long runner beans, pumpkin for filling savory pies, tiny olives, zucchini flowers picked early in the morning, which Cretans like to stuff, Greek celery, thinner and more pungent than American celery, grapes and vine leaves for stuffing, summer greens such as vlita, amaranth, and stiffnos, sea salt, pots of small-leafed basil, and the most popular dried herbs, oregano, sage, and dictamo, gathered wild from the mountains. Sage and dictamo, which grows only on Crete, are used more for teas than in cooking. Snails, only five euros a bag, avocados, and small bananas. In Hanya's central market, Babi shows Steve the catch of the day, which includes Pinocchio fish and lutza, or Mediterranean barracuda. He introduces Steve to Stamatis, whose family has been running one of the market's tavernas for three generations, and points out traditional dishes like lamb stomach in egg lemon sauce and lamb's head roasted on a spit. At the cheese stall, Yanis, the merchant, rattles off names as fast as an auctioneer. Most of his inventory is made by his brothers from sheep's milk. The options range from aged gravieras to fresh mazithra, ricotta-like antotiro, and fresh malacca for filling pies. At an herb shop behind the market, Bahia shows off the great variety of Cretan herbs used both in cooking and in teas for their therapeutic value. This is herb we call dictamo. They have in, in, the, in the very high mountains 
and also the, in the gorges. And the yes. people sometimes they want to climb to pick yes. this. And they use for tea, and they they have a lot of um, medicinal, yes, medicinal, medicinal purposes. Medicinal. And, sure, and you sure. said before that it's it's used for every all the health ailments. Okay. So it's like the this is the best of all of them. Yeah. This is, is the best all, of all. Yes. 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 You Within can that, fix everything. <laughs> yes, yes. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because because this herb tonify all uh, all the body, and ah. uh, for this uh, is for uh, <laughs> everything. And this only grows in Crete, right? Oh, only Crete, yeah. Yes. Also near the central market is a Hanya institution, Yordanis Bugatsa Parlor. The shop has been a landmark since 1935, and it operates on the principle that if you're doing something right, don't change it. In contrast to the even older Ariston Pie Emporium in Athens, with its repertoire of more than 70 pies, Yordanis serves only one dish a creamy cheese pie with an indescribably light and crisp pastry. We're lucky enough to see the bugatza being made at Iordanis' workshop. Iordanis' wife prepares the dough, rolling it finer than an onion skin. Then she fills it with whipped day-old mizithra, a goat's milk cheese which is a specialty of the area. The incredibly elastic dough consists of nothing more than flour, water, and a pinch of salt with oil added in the rolling process. Iordanis is an institution. You can't come here and not have a bugatza. And how does it taste? Delicious. This is so creamy. This is so... Mm. Crunchy, crunchy, creamy, a little bit of sweetness. Yeah. And this is nice. Yeah. With Bobby as a guide, we drive into the hills above Kolombari, west of Hanya, where his cousin, Andonis Papianakis, gives us a close, almost too close, view of his beehives. Andonis only collects honey once a year, in the summer, when the hives yield thyme honey. It's the most prized of all. He averages 10 to 15 kilos per hive, much less than the 80 to 100 kilos that hives produce in northern Europe where it rains more. Perhaps this is why Greek thyme honey is so expensive, but the taste is unsurpassed. Honey is widely used in Greece, especially in sweets, but the Cretans also enjoy it with graviera cheese, and some chefs add it to savory meat dishes as well. Early one morning, Bobby takes us to a local bakery to see barley rusks being made. In Crete, people eat these rock-hard rusks called paxamadia as often as they do fresh bread. These rusks, made from a mix of barley and wheat, are considered the tastiest and most healthful. One of the most popular uses of rusks is as a base for chopped tomatoes and fresh white cheese. The rusk soaks up the tomato juice and olive oil, becoming much softer and quite delectable. Paxamadia, an ancient food that has never gone out of style, are now in fashion all over the country. The loaves here are about to enter a wood-fired oven. When done, they'll be cut into thick slices and returned to a warm oven to dry for several hours until all traces of moisture have vanished. The dry barley rusks will keep for years, literally. For a closer look at Crete's olive oil industry, we stop at Biolea in northwest Crete. George Dimitriadis has been making organic stone ground olive oil since 1994 on an estate that was acquired by his family in the mid-1800s. The main variety cultivated here in Crete, uh, it's called Koronaiki. 
this variety, uh, the, the main difference uh, is that it's very hardy and drought resistant. It has very small fruits and uh, it has a distinctive uh, taste which when it couples with the uh, microclimate and the soil conditions, it gives a very distinct olive oil that tastes characteristically as a, a Cretan product. The uh, island produces about 5% of the uh, world production of olive oil, and uh, close to 90% of that is extra virgin. So it's very important cultivation, and it's very important the island production for the world production. Cretan people, they like their olive oil to be mild because we eat much of it. If it is strong tasting, uh, then you can't taste anything else. It, it actually takes away from the subtle tastes of uh, um, vegetables and uh, greens and everything else. So can you imagine we are per capita eating about 30-32 kilos uh, of olive oil and we don't like to have one taste cover everything. So we're looking for an olive oil that it would have a rich complicated aftertaste, something that'll synthesize the taste that we cook together and not overpower them. Because we were used to eating the olive oil that comes from a millstone. In that process, the skin and the leaves of the uh, olives, they are not teared in very small pieces as is done in, in an um, uh, electric motor crusher uh, in the um, industrial processing. So the, the bitter agents, they are not there to make it uh, uh, very bitter or very high peppery or whatever you may call that. And that's how we like it here. That's the oil we produce. And our point of view, it is trying to produce something that we are uh, accustomed to, something we know, something that we used to eat and present it out there, not to present something or to produce something that a particular market likes it because it's this or because it's that. We're trying to, uh, to follow our, our um, roots and, and uh, uh, present our food culture as it is. Biolea is um, uh, an exclusive estate. Uh, we are uh, cultivating our own trees. We are producing uh, an average of, um, let's say, about 100,000 bottles. And uh, they are distributed worldwide. There are a lot of um, scientific information about olive oil. And there is a lot of um, regulations about olive oil. And we get very technical and very scientific when we talk about olive oil. And uh, if you look at an olive oil label, you might think that it's a cough syrup. The uh, message that has to go to the consumer, it is that olive oil, before anything else, it's food. You smell it, if you like it, taste it. If you taste it and you like it, then buy it. 99% uh, you're in the right track and uh, you will enjoy it. You don't have to change your diet to a Mediterranean or Cretan diet or any other diet. Be smart and find how to integrate the olive oil to whatever diet you have. You'll get the benefit.
To visit another olive oil producer, we travel east from Hanya towards the coastal city of Rethimno. In the hills outside Rethimno, we find the Agreco Organic Estate and Restaurant, voted the world's best organic restaurant by Vanity Fair magazine, which praised it as a unique dining experience. Agreco belongs to the Greco Hotel chain, Greece's largest hotel group. Dimitris Kalaitsidakis, a Greco Hotel general manager, introduces us to the 10-year-old restaurant. The setting is magnificent. Overlooking the estate's olive groves and vineyards, they welcome the group with typical Cretan hospitality. The restaurant's husband and wife team demonstrates some classic stuffed vegetable dishes. Chef Nikos has gathered the zucchini flowers, eggplant, squash and grape leaves from the estate's organic gardens. Unlike most chefs who cut off the tops of tomatoes, Nikos trims the bottoms. He scoops out the tomato and zucchini flesh for the stuffing, but very little of the eggplant because they tend to be bitter. Now we'll start with the zucchinis. Yeah, it's very easy if you know the trick. From the mythology, uh, Zeus, the god of gods, and the god of hospitality, supposedly was born in the mountains of Psilorytis. And that's why, I mean, the, the feeling of hospitality is so strong here compared to any other destinations, I mean, even in Greece. This is uncooked rice, because we are going to put, after we stuff them, we are going to put them in the oven. And uh, from the juice, of the grated vegetables, along with the rice. We'll stuff the vegetables, putting them in the oven. We put pepper, salt, and some tomato paste. So, and it's a short grain rice? Yeah. We'll put our own uh, organic olive oil. We are used, I mean, being created with so much olive oil production, we put a lot, and because it's a, a vegetable dish, and especially for the summertime, the quantity helps it, and uh, as a matter of fact, it tastes much better next day, even after you take it out of the fridge. A little bit. More oil. Var in Crete. <laughs> Kyria, Nikos's wife, shows us how to stuff zucchini flowers, which must be picked early in the morning while they're still open. Zucchini flowers are so popular in Crete that you can buy bouquets of them at the farmer's market. They're delicate and must be filled gently so they don't tear. To make stuffed vine leaves, or dolomadakia, the pan is first lined with a few torn leaves. In times past, cooking skills were judged by the size of the dolomadakia. The rolls had to be small and very thin, with the leaves shiny side out. Today, stuffed vine leaves are nostalgia food for most Greeks. I mean, all the grandmothers, they, were, they had the patience, I mean, to, to do all this. And we always associate, I mean, this food with memories from grandmothers. And they were very, very happy to do, especially the grandmas, the yayas, for the families. And um, 
another reason to do this it was your I mean people from the family or from neighbors they were helping that and uh, they were doing this in a mechanical way and they were chatting I mean gossiping what was going on in the village and all that so you see that was been built up please try one so these just these just came off the stove and the lemon juice on there and very hot very hot yeah. You see how moist? It's heaven. It is. It's heaven. It is. It is, so, it is very moist. It's not easy to make, but uh, this is the best of it. It's time. No, it's very good. It's excellent. Bobby invites us for Sunday lunch at his restaurant, Nicterida, the Bat, which overlooks Suda Bay. It was founded in 1933 by his father, a legendary figure who taught Anthony Quinn how to dance the Sirtaki for his role as Zorba the Greek. You can't have a Cretan feast without a pie or two, so Bobby has arranged for Diamando, one of his cooks from a nearby village, to make some for us on the veranda. You could write a book on the traditional pies of Greece, and one of the largest chapters would be the one on Crete. Here pies come in all shapes and sizes with all types of fillings. They can be square and no bigger than a ravioli, crescent, open-faced tarts, coils, packets, or party-sized creations that can fill a roasting pan. The smaller ones are often fried and not baked, and of course they provide a convenient package for all those Cretan cheeses and greens. Diamando has already prepared the dough with flour, oil, water, milk, and a little salt, and then set it aside to rest. Note how she rolls out the pastry. Like Stamatia and Ella, who we observed on Kea, she stretches the dough very thin with her broomstick of a rolling pin in an even smaller workspace. She trims the phyllo, which is the same for both pies, and then mixes the first filling. Chopped spinach, three kinds of soft, fresh cheese, mazithra, anthotiro, and malaka, a little salt, spring onions, parsley, mint, dill, and wild fennel. She kneads these ingredients with her hands, then puts a spoonful in the center of a square of pastry and folds the sides over diagonally to form a packet. She'll paint the pies with egg yolk, sprinkle them with sesame seeds, and then put them into bake. But they can also be fried, without the egg glaze and without the seeds. Simplicity. Especially in Crete, we let fresh ingredients speak for themselves. Local products. Simplicity is a key word. Recognize what you're eating. The secrets of the healthful Mediterranean diet.